Come on, give God your louder shout of praise. Remain standing as we get into the word. Genesis, the 15th chapter, the first to the sixth verse. Genesis to the 15, the verse number one to verse number six. The New King James Version of the Bible, we stand to honor God in the reading of God's word as our tradition in this church. Then read together one to go. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your still great reward. Verse 2. But Abraham said, Lord, come on, come on, come on. Let's, let's verse 1 to go. Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring indeed. One born in my house is my heir. Verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Verse 5. Then he brought him out aside and said, look, now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. He's he said to him, so shall your descendant be. Verses 6, louder. And he believed in the Lord and was accounted it to him for righteousness. I speak to you on the subject I like to call it, it's complicated. It's complicated. Come on, sponsor. Say complicated. It is complicated. Please take your seat. I like to congratulate the latest couple in the building. The latest couple in the house. Come on, let's celebrate the Audrey, Dennis and Audrey. Come on, let's celebrate them right now. Come on, come on. Let's give them a shout, a praise. This are all, this made in heaven, assembled in EWC. Can we celebrate them one more time? We love, we love weddings and we love it when it is an EWC thing. Are you with me at all? Okay, we celebrate another latest couple in the building. The Blanks is also just walking the building right now. Come on, give God praise right now. Hallelujah. We had three weddings yesterday, so. And Parman lost wedding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But Audrey, congratulations. You served so well um, announcing and announcing. We announce people's wedding, and I'm announcing your wedding. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And yesterday I was at a Blankson's wedding in Tamil. It was beautiful. Got the opportunity to share the word. I want, I want to preach to you briefly today on a subject. It's complicated. There are complications in our work with God. And my summon this morning is to try and throw light and give some understanding and revelation when you deal with complication. If there's one thing that everyone has been promised by God, needs to understand the truth that sometimes, if you have been promised by God, you don't understand the truth that sometimes you go through dark times. Anybody carrying a promise, anybody carrying a word, Anybody carrying a seed? Anybody carrying a spiritual prophetic destiny? If there's one thing you got to be aware of and almost come to understand and study and pray is that if you have been promised by God, there is a thing called darkness associated with your destiny. 
unless you are not a child of promise, unless you are not carrying a prophetic destiny, unless God has not given you a word, unless you have not received a promise, a prophetic word, a dream, a vision, a prophecy from God, any carrier of such destiny, a promise, a prophecy, of a vision, of a word from God, will go through dark moments. And all those of you who are really coming prophetic destiny will bear with me. That dark times constantly surrounds the destiny of those who are carrying promise. Dark times are important because the Bible said in Psalm 30 and 5 for his anger is but a moment. His life, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night by joy coming in the morning. Why is it so important to understand that darkness is a constant future, a constant feature of anyone carrying a destiny? Why? Because, because whenever you carry a destiny, there is something about darkness that finds you. Why? Because in God, there is the night before the day. The Bible said so was the evening and the morning was the first day. So in God, your day does not start in the morning. In God, your day starts in the dark. The, the darkness will always show up first before the morning. The darkness will always manifest first before the morning. You don't see the day before the morning. It was, the Bible said, so was the first day, the evening and the morning was the first. So it started with the evening, the night, the dark season, the dark time before the morning. That's why I'm not scared whenever I see dark times. Because anytime I see dark times, I know the next thing God is about to do is to release my morning. Anybody clap in your hands right now. We give somebody a fist bump and tell the person that dark before the morning. That's what the Bible said. Weeping may endure for a night. So anytime God is speaking about the day, about something relating to the day, the night will always come first. Before the morning. It looks like God allows the enemy to feel he has won. He's gotten it. It's all over. It's all done. Then God said, are you ready? Are you tired? Are you done? Are you finished? Is it all you can do? Is it all you can set up? I thought you were powerful. I thought you were strong. I thought you were going to drown him and break him. I am God all by myself. And even when you bury, I can make a light and call Lazarus for. And tonight, this morning, I came with a word from God. It's been dark. It's been turbulent. It's been wild. It's been strong. But get ready because your morning is about to show up for weeping men endure for a night. Anybody enduring. Anybody going through it. Anybody fighting through it. Anybody pursuing through it. I say weeping may endure for a night. But someone tell somebody joy is coming. 
as a smiling says the jaw is coming can you smile say your jaw is setting on the way Psalm 30 and 11 said you have turned my morning into dancing you have turned my morning into dancing you have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning and so here the morning the morning not as in morning M-O-R morning as in M oh you are crying weeping which is still the night you see the, so, 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 you've turned my night into my morning you've turned my morning of weeping into dancing so here too the darkness shows up before the day smile and tell someone I still got hope I still got hope in my God because my God is a master at flipping and changing and what began as a cry, as a tears, as a crying into dancing. Smile and tell somebody it's about to turn around right now. It's about to turn. I sense to preach to somebody. I don't know where you find yourself, but I announce to you that the last few months we have not been teaching, we have not been doing serious, we have been speaking the prophetic mind of God that your morning is about to turn into your dancing. I say your morning is about to turn into your dancing. Can you prophesy to five people next to and tell us your morning is about to turn into your dancing. Tell us. I know it's a Sunday morning and you want to be cool and calm but this is an unusual Sunday morning. It's a prophetic a spiritual moment. A moment where God is speaking to somebody that's your morning, your tears your weeping, your cry, your shame, your pain, your hurt, your bitterness, your anxiety, your anger, your frustration is all about to turn. Can I get a scream in the building? If you believe what thou say of the Lord is. The Bible says in Psalm 46 and verse 5, God is in the midst of her, so she shall not be moved. God help her just at the break of dawn. So still, the break of dawn, the break of dawn, sometimes it looks so dark, but I found out that, I f- something I found out, that even the day still starts with the dark. 12 midnight is not light, but 12 midnight is a new day. Tell somebody it's a new day, but you can't realize it because you because you are thinking the day must be light. My God, 12 midnight, 1201, 125, 1210, 1230 midnight is still not daylight. 12 midnight still dark, and sometimes it looks like it is dark, but the day has already started. Sometimes it looks like it's all over, but God has begun a new thing. Sometimes it looks like you are done, but God has started something new. For eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither has he entered the heart of men the thing that God has prepared for those who love him. If all you can see is your natural, you don't get eye. If you get eye, you can go beyond.
beyond the natural and see that there's no sun, there's no light. I don't see my way through. But midnight is still a new day. Come on, tell somebody. New days don't start at 7 a.m. New days start at 12 midnight. As you press on, as you press through, as you push through, what looked like a darkness is about to change into light. Your cloud is sitting up in the right now. It looks so dark. Tell somebody, what if I told you? Smile, say, what if I told you? Louder, say, what if I told you that a new day has already begun? Come on, so what if I told you that the problem you have is that you have to sleep, but a new day is not 7 a.m. You just woke up late, but a new day is actually 12 midnight. I decover your life. What looks like is darkness is actually a new day. I need a sustained clap in the building of anybody who is so strong prophetically. Even when you wake up at 3 a.m., the day has already started. A new day, it's not 9 a.m. You just love to sleep. A new day, it's 12 midnight. That even the breaking of a new dawn starts with the dark. I'm not scared of the dark. I'm not afraid of the dark. In fact, the dark times are important because great things are not created in the day. You see, we have taken dark times to, to we have seeded what God created to the devil. Understand that the devil wants to, want to operate in the dark. But the Bible says, but the Bible says that, that just as the break of dawn, the devil almost want to hijack, I feel like dwelling here for two minutes, the devil almost want to hijack the dark and leave the dark to him. But I want to preach and tell the devil that he has, he has, he has mastered over nothing. There is nothing he created. He can't hijack it. God, God operates both at the midnight and in the morning. That means that even your dark season, the devil is not completely in charge. He's not in control. Because even the dark, God can still be working. There is nothing God created. There is nothing you create. Creativity takes place at the backside from the eyes of everybody. If you truly want to create something powerful, you don't show it to the world. You do it inside. You do it to yourself. You keep it to yourself. You keep it in the dark. You keep it so secret. You keep it to yourself. Then when you are done, you showcase it. Nobody starts an idea and start telling. The reason many of you, your ideas have not materialized is because you told it to people too soon. You announced it. You reported it. You didn't keep it. You didn't keep it to yourself. God wanted you to learn the power of taking control over your dark times. But in the dark times, God created new things. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The Bible says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was that form and void and dark 
darkness was upon the face of the demon gods I love to show myself when there's darkness because the relevance of light is darkness the appearance of light is the disappearance of darkness and there was a darkness upon the face of the demon gods wow what a darkness the devil thinks he can create chaos and confusion to shut me down to destroy me to break me I am God all by myself I see darkness I don't fear I don't back down I don't retreat I don't surrender I don't bow down my knees I don't cry I don't say it's over but when I see darkness I say let there be light can you give some help say every darkness in my life say light and guess what guess what guess what you are the light of the world and you are the light you need darkness to shine the reason why there's darkness all around you is because in darkness your relevance is revealed how else can you shine your light when there's no darkness don't scared, not afraid of what enemies are saying. Oh, pastor, the whole world is changing. It's changing. Be the light. Oh, pastor, I'm so scared of the demons and the devils. They are all around me. Be the light. Everybody don't love God. Be the example. Are you with me at all? Let the world let the devil continue to be the devil. You continue to be the child of God. I can feel your clap right now. I wish you can smile and give some of my fist banter person. Be the lights. No, 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 no. Say, be the lights. Okay. You are scared of sweating. Say, be the lights. Who cares about darkness? Who cares about darkness? Who cares about the new rule they are setting? We carry the light. We carry the light. There cannot be stars unless there's darkness. Stars only shine in the dark. You need the dark to show who you are. Anytime you see darkness, it's the state you perform. We'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it. We'll get it, we'll get it. Tell us, say, watch me. Say, watch me. I'm about to change my family, change this nation, change my office, change my community, change people around me. I need a clap in the building. If you know you are the change you've been praying for, I can't feel your clap right now. I need an empowerment clap. I need a shout in the house. I need a strong force of clap. Be the light. Watch this. Watch this. Can I preach right now? The Bible says, Isaiah 9 and 2, the people who walk in darkness, I've seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon you, upon them light is shine. Darkness are difficult moments because you meet confusion, chaos, and complication. Confusion and chaos come before everything seems jammed. Watch this. You meet complication because things will not go the way It's supposed to be on the way how you started it. What is deadly about complication is that doing such moments in darkness when everything is chaotic and there's confusion. How many of you have been in the darkness sometimes where even your own dress can scare you? Hello? 
Hello? I was saying to the church, I said, you people don't get light off. When you get light off, you put on your, your iPhone. Those the ones that was real light. Before you put on the candle, the, the lantern, everything looks scary. Even your own cloth can look like a ghost. <laughs> have you ever been a real dark way? And have you ever been a dark where you are trying to hold on, you think your cloth is a pillar? That's a confusion. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Or you all grew up with a standby generator in your house? Uh, where, where are the rich people in the building right now? Where are the rich? Thank God for you. We didn't start out like that. We, when we started out, when it's darkness, is darkness. Can I get a witness in the house if you know what I'm talking about? Darkness means darkness. Real darkness. But watch this. In the dark, everything becomes confusion. Because sometimes what has no grounding, you think it has got grounded. I, 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 I really get concerned about, about the things we are trying to hold on to in life today. Many of you are trying to hold on to all kinds of relevance that has no foundation and grounding. Many of you, when you are in the dark, social media becomes your source of strength. How many followers is your, is your boss? I have, I have, I have 100,000 followers. Including demons. People are trying to hold on to stuff. I'm not saying don't do social media. I do social media. No. But, but it, it, is not, it, is not, it is not who you are. You are bigger than that. In the dark, there's so much chaos and confusion. And in the dark, there is complication. I want to dwell here. The complication of darkness. Complication. The reason people hate and fear darkness because in darkness sometimes there's what we call complication. Complication is because everything becomes jammed up. What is deadly about complication is that during sad moments you, f- you, f- you begin to feel you, you find yourself in this place where where wash it, where, where, where you are fighting. There's a fight between your faith and your feelings. Have you ever been in a place where your feelings is interfering with your faith? Nobody like that. Wow. Isaiah 50 verse 10. Let's see if let's see that people there. Isaiah 50 verse 10. Then you can never Isaiah 50 and the verse number 10. Please work with Isaiah 15 and verse 10. The Bible says. Isaiah 15 and 10. Who among you fears the Lord? Let me see my hands. Anybody fear the Lord? Who obey the voice of his servant? You obey the voice of the preacher, the voice of the word? Okay. Who walks in darkness and has no light? What I'm trying to say is that it gets to a point in your walk with God where your level of obedience to God, your level of faith in God, your level of, 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 of spiritual purity, your journey is like you are really serving God. 
You are really trying. You are obeying God. You are praying. You are fasting. You are giving. You've stopped some things you used to do. Everything you are told, you are doing it. You are obeying the word. You are obeying the scripture. You are being, you, you are in your best place when it comes to walking with God. And yet, you have nothing to show for. Everything around you is still very dark. Can I see my hands if anybody feels you've been at that place? Can I see my hands right now? Yeah. Yeah. See, the, the, the challenge is that they are so not real that they can't even be real before God. Have you ever been in a place where you're almost questioning God and asking God questions? Can I see my hands right now? Have you ever wondered, does God really cares about me? Is it the case that uh, 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 what is going on? The Bible says, who amongst you fear or who obey the voice of himself? Who walks in darkness? And also, let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. I got answer for you. If you have been, you are, if you find yourself in that place where you love God and walk with God and God and serve God and pray to God and give and tithe and, 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 and you are serving God and working the dedicated and you are doing everything you are told to do as a child of God and yet there is no fruit. It doesn't look like there's any result. You are not producing anything. Your life is still in this place of chaos of, of, of confusion and of darkness. There is nothing to show about your work with God and your service to God. You got no result. You are still lonely. You are still financially complete dealing with stuff. You are still not being fruitful. You are still not progressing. You are still not seeing testimony. You are still not seeing breakthrough. You are still not seeing the things that God told you. My answer for you is what Isaiah said. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon God. And there's a reason why Isaiah is saying it. Because sometimes God can get you on a journey of knowing him more than the things you are believing God for. Because God is still the source and every other thing is a resource and you got to learn how to hold on to your source not the resource and the more you hold on to your source it's only a matter of time smile and tell somebody God is teaching me something I dare for you to hold a friend hand or a fist bump and say, God is teaching you something. Or say to yourself, God is teaching Gideon something. Oh yes, it's not every time that when you walk in the dark, it means you've done something bad. You can do everything right. You can pray. You can fast. You can serve God. You can give. You can do everything right. And still find some darkness, some chaos, some confusion, some tiredness in your life life and I'm not here to become a self-righteous preacher. I've been at a place in my work with God where I ask God, oh God, why? What is it? What am I doing? What am I supposed to do again? Because everything you said I should do, I've done by the grace of God, but I still find some darkness, some pain, betrayal, delay, loss, and sometimes contention, battle, and even shame. But the devil is a liar. Job said, though he slay me, but yet will I I trust him. What is God teaching me? God is teaching me that he is more, he is more than I need. In God, I find
find fulfillment, satisfaction, I find peace, I find joy. Anybody in the building right now, transitioning your walk with God to a higher dimension of trust, let him, let him trust the Lord. Watch this. Let him trust the Lord. Let him trust the Lord. Many of you are caught up in a place of faith and feelings. Where your faith is pushing you, but your feelings is drawing you back. You are generally on fire for the Lord, but everything around you is making you down. You feel like weeping. You come to church and clap your hands and shout. But you go back home and your pillow is wet. Your feelings. Tell somebody, my feelings. Come on, anybody, anybody. The last two months, three months, four months. This year you've been caught in your feelings. You've been caught feeling down. Feeling frustrated. Feeling everything has delayed. There's a heaviness. There's a weight. Anyone you worship, it doesn't go. You have been caught between faith on one side and feelings on another side. I came to talk to you. I came to talk to you. Your faith. It's on one side. You are pressing. But your feeling says, but look at you. You are still single. You are told 2023. It's already end of October. Are you serious right now? (laughs) Are you serious right now? And that is the place that the enemy sometimes has put us. To where we give up. And eventually many. They try. They fight. But the wrestling. Of faith and feelings. Are so real. Oh yes. I know you've been praying. But there's been time where. Your feeling gets in. I know you put your best behavior. On this Sunday morning. And I can see. Even your smile. (laughs) cosmetic but your feelings are questioning God you have questions for God why this why that and why that the battle between feelings and faith are real even for genuine Christians and genuine believers even for men of God even for pastors even for people who have worked with God for years there's this constant battles of your genuine faith and your genuine feelings. Anybody, can I get a witness of anybody has been in that place of battle before? Anybody, anybody still fight? Can I see, can I, can I see your hand? I, I fight it sometimes. I fight it. Where your faith is strong, but your feeling is also strong. Malakutaya. Eventually, many wrestle and they give up. We give up because we don't know that God watch it. We give up because, because of what we don't know. Now, the Bible, the response to the question, who amongst you fear the Lord? Who amongst you obey God? And still in darkness. The question, the answer is that, let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. What does it mean? What does that mean? It means that all 
all of your story with God, all of your journey as a Christian must end you up in trusting God more, knowing God more, relying on God more. I, I, found, out in, I found out in life that people forget that, that it's, it's, it's like solving equations. They are variables and they are constant. You see, people follow the constant and not the variable. People follow the variable, not the constant. Rather, you want to follow the constants and let the variable play out. You see, there are some things it changes, but it changes because there's an unchanger. In order for it to affect the change, there must be something that's not changing. There must, there must be a constant for variables. There must be, in, in, in order for there to be a change, there should be something that has not changed. In order for you, in order for your work with God to be at the highest level, if all you are depending and praying and trusting God for are breakthroughs and things, you are missing it. But but you have to depend on the one thing that does not change, one thing that is constant, one thing that is important. Your reliance, your faith, your strength in God. The more you hold on to God, the more every other thing that God has control over changes to your direction. Clapping. The clapping. What is therefore, what is God still then requiring from you? God is requiring from you this idea of knowing Him more, trusting Him more. Smile and tell someone the fight. Say the fight between faith and feeling is answered by you continuous, by your continuous trust. And faiths in God. In other words, in other words, God wanted to bring you to a place where it's about Him than any other thing you are praying for. Do you know that? Do you know that sometimes the height of faith is that God can take your miracle from you? <laughs> Hello? How many of you know that the height of Abraham's faith was that God took Isaac from him? You didn't hear what I said. You didn't hear what I said. Sometimes the real faith is when God takes from you. So that, God, so, that, so that it becomes clear whether you are serving God or serving the things. And many of you don't know that God, so long as you are not there, God will create this, this, this constant variables around you so that you see things changing, things shifting, and you know nothing is stable, nothing stands still except God, except Jesus Christ. And you know that the only thing you got to hold on to and trust and believe and know more is God. And the more you know God, the more God begins to shift things in your favor. The height of faith sometimes is that God can take from you what you pray for. What do you do when God takes from you what you prayed for? Smile and tell someone, what do you do when God takes from you what you prayed for? Tell us, one of these days, say one of these days, God will set a stage and a platform to take from you what you prayed for. Then you will know whether you are serving God for the things you prayed for or you are serving God to the God you prayed for. And the journey with God is such that God will always allow you to choose. And I choose God more than the things. Because when I choose God, the things will fall in a... You're clapping. You're clapping. I choose God. Ah, watch it. Ah, choose God. The journey of faith and feeling will bring you to a place where God will have you know that there's a difference between what you need and what you want. And, and in God, your need comes before your want. 
Your needs come before what? Your wants. Your needs always will show up before your wants. Your needs will show up before your wants. Say, so my needs will show up before my wants. Say, so my needs will show up before my wants. Let's say, my needs will show up before my wants. Your needs will show up before your wants. That's a story we are seeing in the life of Abraham. The story of God introducing Abraham that sometimes we pray for wants, but God actually said what you, what you have to pray for is your needs. In God, some 23 is not first. Philippians 419 comes before some 23. My God shall supply me all my needs first before the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Because sometimes we Christians get it confused. And the confusion is that we don't know that your God will supply your needs before your wants. Come on, tell us. Say, say God will supply your needs before your wants. Come on, say, say, say I know you want some things. But God said this week, uh, this year, this season, uh, I'm supplying you uh, your needs and not your wants. I need a pre- I need a class. God is giving your needs uh, and not your wants. Uh, I thank God uh, for the season of my life uh, where God is testing my faith. Uh, and there's a test uh, between what I need uh, and what I want. And sometimes uh, even the thing we think we need, we don't need them. Uh, but God will find a way uh, to be God to give you what you actually need. I'm not here to preach you about want. Thank God that sometimes God will give you your want, but God will not first give you your want. He will first make sure that your needs are met before your wants are supplied. And until you deal with first things first, there's something that will follow. And there's a season of your life where God allow your feelings and your faith so that you can find what you actually need and not what you just want. My God will supply all my needs. Tell somebody your needs. Say your needs before your wants. Please don't let the light, the sound, whatever, destroy you. When I was coming to preach today, I going to say something funny. I had a wardrobe, wardrobe crisis. They came in and said, that, Oh, there's a hole here. I said, who cares about who? David, David, David danced naked. Allow me to go and preach with it. I, even, I don't really care about some things. I'm telling you, I don't really care about some things. Look at me. If you want to serve God all in your comfort, you are not ready for God. 
Because comfort zones are play, great, but nothing grows. In order for God to take, watch, don't clap. In order for God to take you to the next level, He will bring you in this battle of feelings and faith. And in that place of feelings and faith, God will have to now deal with what you actually need and what you want. And as I go, do you understand? Because some of you think the things you want are actually needs. No, there's a need and there's a want. And when you get the needs right, the want to follow. Many of you are following want. No need. I'm not saying God won't give you your want. But before God gives you your want, he must first give you your, your need first before your want. Smile and tell somebody your needs first. I dare for you to say let it enter. Say your needs first before your want. Come on. Tap. Someone said, I've been trying to talk to you about this for some time now. I've been trying to get you to get it. That God will give you your needs first before you want. If you don't say it to the next person, you are not passing this class. God will give you your needs first before you want. Come on, tap someone and says, Hey, your needs are coming. Your needs are coming. God will always give you what you need before what you want. I didn't say God will not give you what you want. But before God gives you what you want, there must be a foundation. There must be a foundation for there's no foundation that shall be laid except that which is already laid which is Jesus. God will not build on your foundation. And today I came here to talk to you that there's some foundation that God is about to shake because God will be God. He want to establish you and give you what you need before he supplies Oh, come on, clap your hands right now. Come on, clap your hands right now. And this is a story of Abraham. This is a story of Abraham. In a text, we see Abraham all of a sudden in a dark. In a journey with God. He's in a dark because he's missed. He's in a dark because, not because he's missed anything, but because he has not disobeyed God. He has followed God's instruction. In fact, Abraham, Lot has cheated on Abraham and the best portion be given to Lot. And Abraham forgave and walked in forgiveness. He passed the test. Abraham met Melchizedek and he paid his tithe and received a blessing. I'm talking to you. Put yourself as Abraham. You walk in forgiveness. You supported your, 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 your nephew. You met Melchizedek. You have even given your tithe. You have actually rejected the reward of the pagan. They said, they give Abraham, Abraham said, I won't take less. You say you make Abraham rich. Abraham is so prosperous in the natural. Abraham has 318 servants in his house. Sheep, cattle, many other assets. And yet, Abraham is in the dark. He's in the dark because of the complication he finds himself in. A complication of God showing him Showing him everything, give him everything, but this one thing Abraham needs. Abraham has everything but one thing. Sometimes there are things when we lose in life, it's like we've lost nothing, but there are some things. When we lose, we know that our life is about to come down. Hence, everybody under the sound of my voice, 
has one thing you can't wait for God to do for you. Can I see my hands if you there's one thing you are trusting God to do for? What do you do when God has given you everything that you didn't pray for? But the one thing you prayed for, he has refused to give to you. Can I preach your church right now? What do you do when God gives you things you didn't ask for? You don't even care about it. But that's what God keeps giving to you. And things, the one moment, the one thing you prayed for and fasted for is the very thing God has refused to give to you. If anybody is in that place in your walk with God, can I see my hands right now? Can I see my hands right now? That God is giving you, your Abraham. Abraham is so rich in cattle. The guy has 318 soldiers in his house. I'm yet to see anybody worthy like Abraham. 318 army officers. He feeds them and takes care of them. And it's all Abraham. He's rich in cattle, in sheep, in everything, assets. Abraham has servants. I mean, I'm not talking about Abraham. I mean, we're actually praying for the blessing of Abraham. Abraham was not broke. Very wealthy. But Abraham has been given things he didn't pray for. And the things he prayed for is what God has refused to give to him. And there are many of you here, you have things that you don't, know, you don't even care about. But the one thing you care about is what God has not given to you. I don't know what that thing is. But everybody has got this one thing. Anybody has got one thing you're praying for? Come and talk to me right now. For me, I have one thing. Every day I cry about it. And I talk to God about it. Christ arena. And I mean, look at me. It's what I prayed for. And I wonder why it has delayed so long. Tell somebody, what is this one thing you are trusting God for? And demand an answer, demand an answer right now. Have it, have, I've been in a place where I, I prayed for other people to get their miracle, but I pray for myself. It's like, it's almost like there's a contradiction to what I preach and what I'm walking in. Anybody has been there before? Where you are talking to people about God and you tell them what God can do by you yourself. You have this thing that doesn't seem to go away. I want to, can I preach you right now? Can you be real with me right now? You are too stiff for my, is there one thing you pray for that God hasn't done, but he has done everything else? There's something, maybe your finance, maybe some debt, maybe a child, maybe a marriage, maybe, maybe a vision God gave you, maybe a ministry. I don't know what it is. Everything is going on all right in the life of Abraham, but one thing, one thing, and some of you, that one thing is the reason why you've gone to places you never thought you'd go to. There's a one thing in your life that has taken you all sorts and manner of places. You've made all kinds of mistakes because of this one thing. Abraham had an affair and had impregnated his own made servants. Sometimes the very one thing can lead you into all kinds of temptation. How many of you will be bear with me, witness with me that there are some things that has led you to making some major mistakes you never thought you make in your life? Myself included. I know you are righteous, so you don't lift up behind, but I, I want to witness, I want, I want a witness in the house. People you never thought you talk to, you talk to. You've been to places you never thought you'd be because there was just one thing. And that's the story of Abraham. Everything all right. One thing. What is that thing? A child. 
And the, and the sad thing about this is that God was the one who promised Abraham. Has God given you a promise? Can I see my hands right now? Anybody got a promise from God? And it's like you got a prophetic word. And then you receive the word, but you go out there, and when you try to pursue the word, what is happening in your pursuit of the word, and what God told you, it doesn't match. Complication. Complication. Complication of this one thing. This very one thing has led Abraham to number one, making the biggest mistake of his life. He's still paying for it. This one thing I said, Abraham, seeing the end of his life, he said, this Eliezer of Damascus will inherit me. What is it, one thing you are dealing with that has brought you to almost predicting doom for yourself? Have you ever been in a place where you're almost like, maybe that's how God created me. Maybe I was born to suffer. Maybe I was never designed to do this. Tell somebody, don't you conclude so soon. Come on, tap somebody on the shoulder. Don't you conclude so soon. Say, don't conclude. Say, don't conclude. Don't you give up. Don't you. I came with a word from God that don't you conclude on this one thing because God is about to do something with your life and you're on a journey with God. You're clapping. One thing. Watch this. We see Abraham. Look at what Abraham says. Look at Abraham said in Genesis chapter 5, 15 verse 3. Genesis 15 verse 3. Let's see what Abraham said. Abraham said, then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, no one in my house is my heir. Now, can you imagine Abraham telling God to look? They're all seeing God. Now, Abraham is not questioning God's ability. Have you ever been in a place where you're trying to say, Maybe there are things God can do. Can I, am I preaching to a church right now? Maybe, I don't, maybe, maybe my family demons are powerful than this word. Have you been a place where you pray at, uh, the man not, leave it alone. Abraham said, God, look! How dare you tell God to look? The God that sees all things, knows all things, the omniscient, the omnipresent, the sovereign God, the almighty God, Abraham now saying, God, look. It's that God's eyes are blind. Have you ever been in a place where you feel like God's not seeing you anymore? Can I see my hands? Be real. Come on, talk. Be real. We are in October. I'm preaching a word for you. You're not clapping your hands. We're in October. I'm engaging you today. God, look. God, look at me. It's like a lady that went to a pastor and said, Pastor, look. So I'm looking. Look. 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 Why? I said, I don't have shape. <laughs> Sometimes the rejection may make you think that something you have, you don't even have it. You've been to a lot and said, God, do you really see me? Is it like, is it like, is it like you are blind? Can't you, God, God. Abraham, Abraham said to the Lord, look. God. You see, anytime we read about Abraham, Pastor Sam, we feel like God spoke to Abraham and then God spoke to Abraham and God spoke to Abraham. Please understand that the word God gave Abraham was 100 years. It was 100 years. Abraham was 100 when he gave birth to what? To what? To Isaac. So, so, so Abraham must have give, received a word when he was 30 or whatever. So the last 70 years 
or 100 years of his life, he's been believing God for one word. And, and, and Bible scholars have said that we, we, God spoke Abraham eight times. So within a 70, 80, 100 years period, every 20 years, God will come and give, and give one word. And in between 20 years, imagine the anxiety. Many of you forget that it was not like God was telling Abraham, hey, I'm, I'll give it, I'll do it, I'll do it. No, God give, he used the word today. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. One year. January, February, March, April, May, October, November, December. Two years. January, February, March, April, three years. January, February, March, April, four. Twenty years. Then you come back, I'll do it. The next, another 20 years, hey, I told you I would do it. Still wait. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It wasn't like a constant, Abraham never had a prophetic service. There was no power night. So Abraham heard from God every 20 years. What do you do when you're supposed to hold on to a word? For 20 years, and you see your body change, your wife change, your looks change, wrinkle comes, and then menopause comes, and then double menopause. Because 45 is one menopause, 90 is double menopause, double menopause, and you are still holding on to a word. What do you do when the last time you got away from God was the last 20 years? Please put yourself in the story of Abraham. That's what Abraham said, God, look. Maybe you don't see anymore. Look, it's been 20 years you gave me one word. And after 20 years, you've come back again. You wonder why Sarah laughed. Many of, many of you have judged Sarah. Because when you are talking to me every 20 years, Charlie, every 10 years you come back and say, hey, I will do it. Master, 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 oh, there you go. Master, oh, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it's because I'm going to pay my tithe, that's why I will still pay time when my kids are come. But forget about this word. Anybody, anybody can get Abraham right now. Can you get Abraham right now? Do, do you understand why Abraham was tempted to sleep with Hagar? 20 years, one way. Not the first December, every 20. You, you, even, even three days, we don't hear from God. You are, you, are, you are so emotional. You are going crazy. You are going, Abraham said, God, look. Then Abraham now begins to, so when you begin to look and, and, and you think that the one that sees, refuses to see, you begin to say, maybe God, didn't mean what he said. So you begin to now make your own alternative arrangement and plans. And Abraham now is thinking, maybe it's Elias of Damascus. Maybe I'm supposed to be kind. Maybe I'm supposed to be, maybe I'm supposed to give up on this dream of this vision of this word and begin to be a Christian and extend kindness with Eliezer. And God said, No, not Eliezer. Tell somebody, don't you change the plan of God? Come on, say, don't you change the plan of God. Say, so don't you change the plan of God. Give me verse 4, verse 4, verse 4, verse 4. Give me verse 4, verse 4. Say, and behold, the, behold, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham, saying, This shall not be your heir, but one that will come from your own body shall be yours. So Abraham now said, Eliezer, God said, No, not Eliezer. Abraham says, Then what do I do? What do I do? With this journey with God that only shows up every now and then. What do I do in the in-betweens of my walk with God? What do I do after church? Because oftentimes, when you are in church, you are powerful. But when you leave church and go home, that's when the bondman starts. What do I do? God. My child, my spirit is being attacked. My God. My God. Whenever you go through that, the enemy makes you see your own end. Abraham is now predicting his end. Abraham is drawing a conclusion where God is changing 
power. We want God's changing the status quo and the paragraph. Can you imagine? God now says this is the answer. Let's go to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 5. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward the heaven and count the stars. You are able, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendant be. In fact, let's go to verses 2. Let's go to verse 2. But Abraham said, Lord, what will you give? In fact, let's start from verse 1. Let's start from verse 1. Let's verse 1. And after this, the word Lord came into Abraham came in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your sitting great reward. This is where the battle is. Where Abraham is asking God for a child and God said, I am is what you need. Abraham said, God, I need a child. And God said, I am your shield. What do you do when what you are asking God for is not God is attending to, but God is attending to a higher matter. The journey of work with God is such that we come before God with our own prayer point and our own preparation, but God has got his own priority. The constant challenge is whether or not we know that it's actually God we need and not children we need. Abraham said, God, I need a son. I need a child. God said, I am your reward. I am. And here, it was not the reward of Sodom and Gomorrah. God said, because Abraham was, talk, Abraham was talking to God about a child. And God said, I am your reward. I am what you need. If you truly, truly know me, you will know that you don't actually need a child. You need a source. When the source is there, the resource will follow. When you seek me first, when you know me first, when you find me first, when you hold me first, when you attach me first, when you encounter me first, when you walk with me first, when I draw you first, every other thing will follow suit. May our walk with God come to place where we know God first. We understand what we need and not what we want. Your cloud pain is sick in the building right now it's about what you need and not what you want I am is what you need I am your exceeding great reward will you please tell someone say I am is what you need come on Lord say, say I know you've been praying for some things but God said you need me first when you put me first Find me first. Know me first. Every other thing. I need a clap in a building right now. I need a shout in a building right now. When you find me first. When you know me first. When you seek me first. When you hold on to me first. Every other thing. Is it therefore possible? That the fight of feeling and faith. Is designed in such a way that God is saying. You haven't gotten a point where you know me well. Can I preach to you right now? Is it possible that God is saying you are not there yet? Is it possible that you think you know God, but God knows you more than you know yourself? Is it possible that, 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 that you think your faith is strong, but God said, if I give you Isaac, you can go crazy. And before I give you Isaac, find me first, know me first, have more of me, more of God, more of God. And the more God, the more you are prepared for what God wants to give you. I found that people are praying for things they are not even prepared for. And I've seen people who prayed for things that they were not prepared for. And when the things came, it changed their work with God. And Abraham said, God, I need a child. And God said, it's me you need. Abraham said, Abraham said, God, give me a child. God said, that's wants. And before I deal with your wants, let me fix you. Let me give you me. We used to tell them, say, more of God. I need every hand say, Father, 
Say more of you. Say I need more of you. Say I need more of you. Say more of you, God. More of you, God. And I found out that until you get there, God will stretch you. And I've seen people that God is stretching. They don't even understand. God is stretching because God knows that until you are there, until you get there, until you get the place of making God the number one, the priority, the all-knowing, where nothing comes between you and God. When you're God, see that was a battle of Esther, of Hannah. Hannah wanted a child. God wanted Hannah to encounter him. And sometimes God will break you and break you and break you and break you and break you until you smell like God. Not smell like you. Some of you, you are smell like your pride. It's all you. And God says, I got to break you a little bit. I got to humble you a little bit. God says, and after this, in the world came to Abraham and said, Abraham said, in a vision, do not be afraid. I am your shield. I am what you need. I am what you want. I am bigger than a husband, a wife, a child, a son, a ministry, a, 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 a business, a platform, a people, a multitude, a car, a house, a healing. I am what you need and I need you to focus your attention on me. I will not compete with anything in your life and anything that competes with me. I will take it away from you. I will break it. I will destroy God, there shall be no foundation other than the foundation I lay. God is calling somebody to a deeper place that the variables must be there by find the constant. When you find the constants, the variables will work in your advantage. You got to fix first things first. Abraham, you came to me with an Isaac prayer, but I'm coming to you with me prayer. I have to be you. I have to be God. I have to be exalted. I have to be known. I have to be you. I have to be all you need and all you want. And when you have me, I will produce every other thing you've been praying for. You're clapping. You're clapping. I love that. I love that. No wonder. Verse 2. No wonder. Go to verse 2. Let me show you something. Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me? See, I walk with God. It's not give me. Many of you are walking with God. Give me, give me. It's not give me, give me. It's finding God, God. Not give me, give me. Because I found out that there are some things we are asking for. If God were to give it to us, it would change the course of your life. I have a brother, one brother, I, I shared that testimony many, many years ago, who was, who was a strong, a strong prayer warrior like these guys. Strong, strong. And, and, and he wanted to go to America. And the Lord said, it's not time. And the guy forced and went to America. He had gotten a visa and God says, no time to go. And he, and, and he believed the visa more than God. You don't know that every time in your life there's a battle of, of you making images and building idols that compete with God. Anything you fear more than God is your God. Some of you fear your, your age. You are so growing that it shakes you from praying. It shakes you from coming to you, you. All your life is like, my age, 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 my age. You serve the God that lives in eternity. Age doesn't matter to God. And when God steps in to do something, even at 100 years, he will be God and do that which you're clapping. Only God. I can't feel your clap right now. I can't feel your clap right now. This morning, this morning, God is breaking idols. What is it that has been the reason why you are in church? If, there's, if, if it's not God and it's any other reason, God will not answer. Especially those who are no babies in Christ. 
For babies, God can entertain you. But real people that God has sent on a journey of higher work with God, God will break anything that competes with him. Is it possible that the, what you are praying about is a, as an image and idol in your life? It is what you'd like to talk about more than God. And God wants to destroy it and break it and get your faith to a level where it's all about God and not any other thing. And until you get to that place, God will... And I'll show you, I'll show, I'll show you when God did that. Jump to verse 5. Jump to verse 5. Jump to verse 5. No, verse 5. And brought him out. Okay, verse 6. Let's go to verse 6. Let's see what. And, and he believed in the law. And he accounted it to him for her, for righteous. So, so other verses said, and Abraham became firm in his faith. Another verse said, Abraham believed in God. He became firm. So all this while, Abraham is serving God, but his faith is not there. His faith is not there. He has been depending on the faith of the pastor, of a community leader, of a friend, of a prophet, of a power knight, but not personal faith. And God said, I'm on a journey with you. And the journey continues. The journey goes on. The journey goes on. It goes and goes and goes until your faith your belief becomes firm. And when your belief becomes firm, then it will be counted to you for righteousness. You're clapping this in the house right now. Firm belief is your walk with God and give me, give me, oh God. It's your prayer, give me, give me, oh God, God. What is it that you are praying about? Is it really God? Or is it about your Isaac? Your one thing, your name. Bible said God took Abraham out of the tent. Many of you are in a tent. Let me tell you something. What God wants to give you is bigger than a tent. Verse 5. Verse 5. Come on, verse 5. He, then he brought him outside and said, look now toward the heaven. You see, when you are in a tent, what do you see? You see this, the sheet, the covering this is a tent. What, lift up your eyes. What do you see? What do you see? The roof, right? Some metal. Anytime you stay in the tent of your so-called walk with God, all you see is the roof, your limitation, your restriction, what your strength can do, what your power can do. And God said, I'm going to bring you out of the tent because what I'm about to do is bigger and better and mightier than your tent. You see, oftentimes God takes you on a journey of faith and feeling for you to pass because what God wants to do is beyond your feeling. You are not here to answer to any rival, to anybody on social media. God wants to do things in your life that will last generation. That many Christians will hear about that once upon a time they live a certain Christian who walk a higher walk. Your level is too low. What God wants to do, God said, come out of the tent. Come, 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 come. You've been sitting in the tent for too long. What I'm about to do is bigger than a tent. It's mightier than a tent. It's not just your tent. God is opening you up to a dimension to look to the heaven. Something bigger. Something greater. Something mightier. Something worthier. I want to thank God. When I was thinking it was about me. God said no. What I'm about to do in your life is never about you. It's about generation. It's about family. It's about destiny. It's about faith. It's about people. Are you clapping? Because God is is about to do something bigger, heavier, weightier, stronger. Your clapping is sick in the heart. Come on, say yes. Why this story? Stand there. Open the gate. Why this story? Why this constant battle of prolonged faith 
and so-called delay. Because God said, I need to get there. Because what I'm about to do, you are thinking between you and Sarah. I'm thinking it's about Israel. It's about Christians. It's about faith. It's about billions and trillions of people that will come and read your story about 6,000, 7,000 plus years ago. We are here reading about Abraham and God said, what I'm about to do, your thing is just between you and your wife and you having a child and you're going to show to Hagar that you got a child. But what I'm about to do is not about Hagar. It's about a certain church in Accra, a certain body in the world, a certain family. What God is about to do in your life is bigger, Stronger, weightier. Anybody know that God is about to use you on the bigger? I can't feel your clap right now. I can't feel your shout. Come on, lift on and shout and say yes. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God. I thought I was just just some young boy minding my own business. No, no, God has set a plan for my life to impact many. Which man tell somebody the reason why it has delayed? It's because your story will encourage generations. Say, you're about to write a book. You're about to be the next epistle, the next gospel. God said, Abraham, come out of your tents. Let me lead you out of the tent. You think it's about you, your house, your children. It's about me, myself, and I. God said, no, it's never about you. It's about me. So I will do it my own way. Come on, talk to me right now. I will do it my own way. Sometimes our ways and the ways of God can conflict because it's about what God is want to do more than what you want to do. Your mind is small. Your faith is small. Your eyes are small. You don't see that far. But God said, what I see is beyond you. There will rise up a generation in your bloodline that will talk about your faith, your prayer, your love for God. Can I get a club that you shall be known as a patriarch and the matriarch of your family? Where are the matriarch? Where are the parents? Where are the father? of a new generation rise up and shout and say yes please you know I finish with this I finish with this that God says the reason why there's delay the reason why there's a complication is because you are thinking so all about your tent the Lord brought him out of the tent let me tell you something you must come to a place in your walk with God where you leave God to be God let God bring you many of you are in charge of your own movement then he brought him outside. God brought him. What do you do when all you need to do is surrender? Look at me. I'm a, I'm a place in my work with God where there are some things I don't have answers for. People have asked me questions. I can't answer. And I look at them and sometimes I weep and cry. But I weep and cry in faith to God that God be God. Be God in our lives. Because if all we got is these natural things, we are laughing stock. But we know that it's not over yet. It doesn't end here. Lead our lives. Be in charge. Lead our movement. And God brought him outside. I want to thank God for the certain part that God has taken us on that we don't know, but we are just following. We are not sure. But we are trusting God. That though he slays us, yet he will, will trust him. We are not sure but God will be God. Financially, we are not sure. Politically, we are not sure. Numerically, we are not sure. Marital, we are not sure. Medically, we are not sure. Scientific, but we trust God that God will be God over science, over medicine, over finance, over culture, over our age. Your clapping is singing a bit. Can I hear you shout? We are not sure, but we trust God. 
We trust God. I'll finish with this. I'll finish with this. Sometimes God lets the complication go and the delay go on because God is setting a stage and the stage is not right yet. Sometimes God wants to set a stage. You want to go to be scored at the 70th minute. God says, I will score it at the 99th minute. Three seconds to full time. Because he who wins last, he who loves last, loves best. Tell somebody, it's not over until you win. You got to prophesy, I prophesy over you. That it's not done until your story shows up. Tell us, no matter how you delay, you might be a tortoise. But we are not shutting the ark until the tortoise get there. It doesn't matter how slow it's been. Your story will be the last. Your clapping is sick in the building. Come on, go. Come on, go. Can I preach right now? Can I preach right now? Can I preach right now? Can I, your, can I preach right now? Can I preach right now? Can I preach right now? How can Asna score two goals in extra time to be the rebels? When you have Jesus in your team, devils can win you. Today is the only day I'm supporting Manchester United today in my life. Because I want Man City to lose in Jesus' name. Counter my prayers. Who cares? What I'm trying to tell you, Arsenal score. Nine extra hours. Look at me. There's a miracle called the extra hour miracle. I know we are entering into the November. The last quarter of the year. People have shut down their books. Companies are going for Christmas. People are traveling for holidays. But guess what? The God of the holiday. The God that does not sleep. That the God that can show up at last minute is about to do. Um, I can't feel your clap right now. I sense a breakthrough in the last minute. Can you clap on and shout right now? Can you scream and shout? Come on, say yes. You are looking for Isaac. God, I'm giving you stars. I'm not giving one. I'm giving stars. What I'm about to give you has stars in it. They shine everywhere they go. Can I preach a church right now? When the time is right. I love atmospheres. You know me, your pastor, my pastor of atmosphere. If the atmosphere is not right, I can't preach. That's not like I will leave prayer or worship. Because atmosphere determines everything. Atmosphere determines what can grow in the place. There are some food that can go in Africa because the atmosphere is right. There are food that can go in Africa because the atmosphere is not right. That's why we import some food because it's not right. We have to create a condition atmosphere. God is a God of atmospheres. And before God sets you there, he will prepare the place. If you've ever been to a movie place, I love Lion King. I've watched like 50 times. The part I love about Lion King is how it starts. You be in Lyceum Theater or Broadway and it's quiet. It's dark. It's so dark. And everything is dark. Sometimes so dark you can't see anything. And suddenly, you hear boom. 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 Sometimes it sounds like you are afraid, but something is about to show up. Boom! 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 What is happening? Then lash, 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 lash you. I bought my popcorn, sugar, and, and salt. And I shook it like that. And I mix it. And I cross my leg. And what is happening? Boom! 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 The circle! The sack. What is happening? It was dark just few seconds ago. Suddenly, you see people come on stage from nowhere and they begin to perform. Let me tell you, the Bible said, Blessed are those that believe, for there shall be a performance. Performance in themselves are not great without the atmosphere. 
Some movies are not that powerful, but the stage, the way they set it up, makes it exciting. I love the costumes they wear, the dressing, the stick, the African way they do it, and everything about it. Look at all that. They create an ambience, an atmosphere. God is about to do something for you, but God's creating the atmosphere for your story to be the best story. The atmosphere is going to be right. People will celebrate you. David, the Bible said, he said about David, until he comes we will not sit. A standing ovation. I hear a standing ovation. When your testimony comes, even your enemies will stand up and they will clap. I can't feel. Can I get a clap in the house? Wanna? Come on, say yes. Watch this. Watch this. Tell somebody your testimony will coincide with your enemies going down. Say that's prophetic. Look at me. Look at this. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? That Naaman must prepare everything for himself, including the ring. And when he prepared everything and thought the promotion was going to come to him, he switched to Mordecai. It means that all this was, Haman was working for Mordecai. It's possible that some people are working for you. Look at me. You've been demoted. They transferred you. You got no place to go. But I say it's possible that some people are working 24-7 for God to, you're, you're not here, for God to give to you. I need a clap. Before the year end, I prophesy that God will give to you what you do not live up. Come on, say yes. I found out, I finished with it. I found out that where God created Adam is different from where God placed Adam. He created him in one place, left him there, and God prepared an eating. And carried him from the place he created him and put him in Eden. Your Eden is being prepared. There's a home, a family, a marriage, a church, a Christ arena. Name it. There's a place that God himself is preparing for you. You've been at where you were created. God is forming you. And formation takes a process. And when you are done with formation, God will carry you from where you were formed to where God wants you to function. I sense an atmosphere that will celebrate you, congratulate you. I declare that by the first December this year, your congratulation message is coming from around the world. I bless you with the blessing of God. God delayed because the atmosphere must be right. If you believe it, clap your hand and shout and rise your feet and tell somebody the atmosphere is going to be right. Please get us. The atmosphere is going to be right. Please step out of the seat and tell somebody by the time it's all over, God, I would have prepared the best atmosphere. Say so your enemies will be there. They will clap for you. They will sing for you. It will be a shock. I hear a sound. I hear a sound. Or people say, is he the one? You say, I am the one. Can I get the clap in a pillow right now? Come on, say yes. God. Has got what I call a sense of humor. Lift your hand. Say, Father, every complication in my life is, is to reveal you. So as I lift up my hands, say, Father, reveal yourself to me. I know you want me to know you. Say, today, every idol in my life, every, every want, every so-called needs that has been prioritized, over knowing you, as I lift up my hands, I pull it down. Let them be crushed right now. The idols of fear, of finance, of delay, of barrenness, of marriage, the idols in our lives, of our health, whatever idols the enemy has placed in our lives to shake our faith. Today, as I clap my hands, we pull it down. 
Lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands right now. Say, Father, as I lift up my hands, say, be glorified. Fix my fates. Fix my fates. Fix my fates in you. Let me trust in you. Believe you. And let it be credited to me for righteousness. And let my Isaac be released because you fix my foundation. Thank you in Jesus' name. If I were you, I'll clap my hands better.